What is up, what is up, and welcome back to another episode of Blood and Beer, the show where we talk blood sport and we drink beer. I'm your host, Matt, and as always, we got MMA to talk today. We got UFC 1 Championship, we got some boxing, some bare knuckle. Then after uh, we go over everything that happened this past weekend in those sports, we're going to look ahead at UFC 282, uh, Blahovich versus Ankalaev, and then Bellator 289, Sabatello versus Stotts. Then we also have some fight-fixing allegations to discuss where the UFC had handed down some uh, punishments, a ban on a coach, and all fighters using that coach, so they got to change it. So we'll look into that. I'll, uh, I'll fill you in later on in the episode. But first, let's introduce our beer. As always, we got a new one on hand. This is Hopping Nomad IPA. Um, picked it up at Aldi's. I don't know much about it at all. Got a little bit of foam on her, so pumped about that. Um, looks nice and pretty there, don't it? I wasn't pumped about the foam. Pretty good beer. Um, just kind of average, I guess. I'd sip it. It's okay. Um, it's an Aldi's fine, you know. Got to give it bonus points for being an Aldi's, of course. We'll give it a 6-3. Probably be a 5-3 anywhere else. But let's jump into the world of combat sports. So this past weekend, we had UFC fight night. Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus Kevin Holland. And the card was absolutely amazing top to bottom tons of finishes tons of great fights we'll go over a couple of those fights here now the card kicked off with Yasmin Hauergy she took on uh, Estela Nunez and in the fight both these women they were swinging both got dropped in the fight uh, Hauergy went down in the first round but came back and I thought she won the first round after that knockdown that she received um, and then in round two she drops she drops Nunez twice with the second knockdown, it was a real straight cross, or it was a real nice cross right on the chin. Drops her and then finishes her off with some real precise ground and pound. She wasn't just wailing punches; she was throwing straight down, just fist through her head to the mat. So she gets the TKO victory in round two. And then immediately after that, we saw Francis Marshall. He made his UFC debut against Marcelo Rojas, and um, this fight was fun. Also, Rojas, he's Always showing up, always putting on battles, even if he's not getting the victory. In this fight, he was showing that warrior spirit, but he was taking some serious damage from uh, from Marshall. And in the second round, another second round finish we had here, they're in the clinch, and Marshall lands an absolutely vicious elbow, just sits down Rojas, and then follows it up with some ground and pound to get the finish. So two finishes to start off the prelims. It was real exciting. We also got to see Clay Guida get a, Split decision victory over Scott Holtzman, two UFC vets there. Uh, Jonathan Pierce, he defeated Darren Elkins by unanimous decision. And then Angela Overkill Hill, she got a unanimous decision victory as well. And my favorite fight of the prelims was definitely Michael Johnson. He took on Mark Giacchese. Um, Giacchese's a real explosive fighter. He's got really good wrestling, really good kickboxing, real explosive, just crazy kicks, crazy moves in general. 
And in this fight, he came out showing that, doing spinning back kicks, front wheel kick or front flip kicks, cartwheel kicks. I mean, you name it, he tried it. He was trying flying knees all over the place, jump kicks. He was trying to be real flashy in this fight. Whereas Michael Johnson, he came out just walking him down, always moving forward, real crisp technical boxing the whole fight. Wasn't getting flashy with it. And I think that yeah, Casey, he got carried away with being flashy in this fight because. Every time Johnson would hit him, he'd go almost, almost trying to get in his head and stuff. And he never really stepped on the gas. So Johnson was able to back him down the whole fight because Jacasey looked like he was trying to show off. He got the unanimous decision victory, 30-27 on a couple of those scorecards for Michael Johnson. And he was definitely fighting for his UFC career because he was 1-5 in his last six. So that might keep him around for a little while longer. Um, you know, dude's been doing it in the sport. I definitely did not think he was going to win that fight, though. He was like a plus 275 underdog, so almost 3-1, to one, and he gets that upset victory. But the main card, what you're all here for, of course, we had it kick off with Nico Price versus Phil Rowe. This fight was fun as hell. Nico Price came out. He was real active, throwing a lot of punches, um, and he was landing a bunch, too, really kind of piecing Rowe up, but not doing a ton of damage. Whereas Phil Rowe, he didn't land more than Nico Price, but he stayed on the outside and really picked his shots. Every shot he was landing looked hard and looked real precise, real calculated. So they're kind of each working their own game. And uh, going into round three, I thought Phil Rowe was up two to nothing, but it could have been anyone's fight, honestly. And the round starts off, Nico Price goes out there just swinging. They're not the prettiest punches, but they're landing. He's got Phil Rowe. Backed up against the cage. It looked like it could have been stopped almost. But Rowe survives the storm. He weathers it. And uh, once Nico Price is finished with this flurry that lasted, it seemed like a minute, um, Phil Rowe notices he, Nico Price is exhausted, backs him up against the cage, and just starts unloading some bombs from range. Um, eventually, after about five or six connected real clean in a row, the ref steps in, waves it off. Nico Price contested immediately, but I mean, he he seemed like he was done in that fight. Uh, so Phil Rowe, he's ten and three now, I think, with a hundred percent of his wins coming by way of finish. So he's definitely a prospect to watch. Dude's got some funky striking. It's hard to deal with because he's so damn big for. I believe he's one hundred and seventy pounds is what he fights at. He's just so big for that weight class. And then following that fight up. We had Jack Hermanson taking on Roman Delizze. Delizze took the fight with about 10 days notice. It seemed like after Derek Brunson had to pull out due to injury. And um, he's coming off a knockout win over Phil Rowe where he just destroyed Rowe's knee and then knocks him out in the second round of that fight. In this fight, it started off, Hermanson seemed like he had the upper hand in the grappling exchanges and kind of dominated round one, it seemed like. Delizze was able to get back up to his feet a few times. But Jack Hermanson just really had the upper hand in round one. Round two, they come out. Delizze's swinging, and uh, he they go to the ground in a scramble. Both these guys have great jujitsu, great wrestling, and um, Delizze starts attacking the leg. He eventually gets Jack Hermanson in a calf slicer, where that's where you, you have their knee bent backwards and you're pulling on their calf. It, it's hard to explain from here, but it was look it up. It was a nasty submission he had him in. And if you watch WWE a couple years ago, uh, John Cena, he had a move called the STFU, 
where he puts you in a calf slicer and then kind of like a rear naked choke, uh, neck crank type of thing. That's kind of what Dalidze did after he had this calf slicer in. He took Jack Hermanson's back, leveled him out with the calf slicer in, and starts raining ground and pound in round two. Gets the finish on two weeks' notice. So he's going to be moving into the top ten, probably going to take uh, Jack Hermanson's number eight spot after being unranked. And he calls out Kamzat Shamayev. He says, you know, you need a top ten and uh, 185, why not fight me? And that'd honestly be a really good fight because Delize is not a small guy for 185. He can wrestle, he can he can grapple jiu-jitsu, he's got good striking. So that'd be a fun fight to watch for Hamzat Shamayev um, finally getting tested at 185 also if he wants to take that. Doubt he will, though. All right, and then we had Matthew, Matthews Nicolau. He took on Matt Schnell. He got the second round TKO. He dropped Schnell multiple times. Schnell was moving forward. He was a warrior in this fight, but Nicolau just proved to be too much. Um, he gets his final knockdown came with an overhand right, landed on the back of the ear. It looked like drops Schnell and just jumps on him with ground and pound, gets the finish. So I came into this fight thinking Schnell had a real chance, and he showed that warrior mentality. He just couldn't get it done. Nicolau was way too 